Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining the show today. Excuses be gone with Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm Diane Ray here in the studio, and Dr. Dyer joins us from Maui. And how are you doing, Dr. Dyer? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing, my dear? We are great. We're super busy here at Hay House Radio, but it's all good. <laughs> we had <laughs> some authors in here, which we don't uh, normally get uh, here doing their shows, you know, because everybody was mm-hmm. here for the big uh, 85th birthday party for Louise on Saturday. So we've had uh, people in town. It's, it's been great that we got a chance to catch up and everything over the weekend with some people I hadn't seen well, in a long great. time. So that was nice. And we missed you at the party. I know, and you've been doing so much traveling that, you know, getting on the plane again yeah. would probably be way too much. I don't very often do birthday parties, even if it was next door. The likelihood of my being yeah. there is pretty small. <laughs> you don't do that or do. funerals, right? I don't do weddings, funerals, birthdays. I, I don't do those things. Uh, not very often. Uh, yeah. Although I'm, I, I do, uh, I always make it a very special occasion for the people in my family on their birthdays, people I love and so on. But uh, it's not... As far as going to all of those kinds of no, it's, I don't know what has happened to me, but at this time in my life, I just I really prefer to be alone. <laughs> sure, this, I don't blame you. Med- a lot of meditation time and uh, and thinking time and, and writing time, but the most bizarre thing has been happening since I've had this experience with John of God, which I've spoken about this healing, and when I was up at uh, Omega um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I uh, I can't keep a watch on my arm. Uh, without having it stop. It's just the most amazing thing. It's just, I have this brand new watch that's a very, very wonderful, expensive, uh, terrific watch that's guaranteed, you know, not to lose or gain and all of those kind of things. And uh, I put it on my wrist and it stops. Uh, I take it back to the jeweler. They leave it there. It works perfectly. And I take it home. And it, uh, so I, I did some inquiring with this uh, lady, Emma Bragdon, who's um <clears throat> Done, uh, spent a lot of time down in Abidjania in um, in Brazil, where John of God lives. Uh, and it's been said that this is the the fastest electromagnetic field on the planet. It's built on a right on a crystal mountain. In fact, I have some of the crystals. Um, I, I have them right next to my bed, and I meditate with them, and so on. I can literally feel energy coming through them, uh, through my arm, through my heart. Uh, I've never had. I mean, I've had thousands of crystals sent to me and picked up over the years, but I've never had anything like this. And she was, I asked her, I wrote to her and and, and, I, and asked her if, uh, you know, if this was common. And she said, yes. She said when, when she first started working with John of God and the entities were working through her, she said no electronic equipment in her house would work. She said her phone stopped, her Wi-Fi wouldn't work, her, her, her television would go off, the radio wouldn't, you know, things like it was just all of this uh Anything that's impacted by an electromagnetic field, uh, when these entities are in there, they're they're operating apparently at a faster at a faster uh, <clears throat> vibrational uh, speed, and it uh, it just sort of neutralizes it. Uh, so I'm just in this state of uh, again, state of awe at uh, at looking at this beautiful watch that uh, has just been rendered useless when I put it on my arm. So will so it immediately it. stop, or does it take a no, minutes. it takes about an. Uh, uh, it just depends. Last night it stopped. It had been working fine for about uh, 
about four or five days uh, after I got it back from the uh, jeweler, and then uh, it stopped last night at 10 to 10. So I jolted it and hit it a few times and, uh, you know, made sure it was fully wound by moving my arm about and everything, and it stayed on until exactly when I went to bed. And I was doing my meditation, and at that moment, it stopped again. It stayed stayed stopped all night. I started it again this morning. It, it worked for about five minutes, seven minutes, and it just stopped again. And wow, that's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is. So so that's a, a kind of an energy that that is uh, with you now from working with John of God? Well, I asked her about that as well, and she said that when, once you start with this, and once she said, like, when you have surgery um, and you go into, say, having your gallbladder, gallbladder removed or your appendix removed or, <clears throat> you know, your leg fixed or something, um, you go in, the doctors come in, they work, they leave, you leave, your body returns back to a homeostasis, and uh, hopefully you don't have to go back and deal with those surgeons anymore. She said, with this kind of surgery, with this kind of spiritual surgery, uh, and as long as you are continuing to do the work of John of God, which is the work of healing and, and staying aligned with God and, and living from that perspective, that these entities stay with you, not only now, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, but uh, even after you're gone, that it's, uh, it, it's like, it's almost, it's like a lifetime commitment to have these, uh, divine spiritual beings, um, enter and stay with you, um, so it's a small price to pay to have to not have not be able to wear a watch. I went for about twenty years without ever wearing a watch. Uh, so uh, maybe maybe it's uh, the universe's way of saying to remind me that time is just an illusion anyway. <clears throat> but anyway, that's one of the things. The other is that when I was up in Minnesota, I don't know if I said this on the show, on the show last week. Uh, and I, I I swim every day. I swim in the ocean, or when I'm on traveling, I, I find a pool. Uh, and try to swim for close to an hour every day, just freestyle, just to keep the cardio up. And there's just something about being in the water, especially the salt water, that uh, really intrigues me. And um, every time I would look along, and written on the wall of this pool, I would look up it was the, with these lines, which I'm going to make the, uh, the focus of my new PBS show, which I'm going to tape um, on the 20th of... Uh, this uh, month. Of this month. Yeah, <laughs> it's 20th. coming up. It's a week. I'm just thinking it's week from Thursday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in Pasadena on Friday and then heading down to San Diego and to plan this public television special, which is always an exciting thing for me because it's taking a message and um, being selected somehow by the universe, by God, as an instrument, as a uh, as a disseminator or a teacher of, uh, of, of, of information and wisdom and and thoughts and, and energy and, and spiritual consciousness for um, for millions and millions and millions of people. It's such a, a, a wonderful, uh, it's not just an opportunity, but it is a, uh, I don't know, I, I treat it as, uh, as almost a, a responsibility, like a sacred responsibility um, to uh, see if we can promote the idea of uh, creating more peace within our hearts and ultimately creating uh, more peace within our communities and uh, within our political systems and within our countries and within our planet and within our universe, uh, that it all, you know, if we want to have a peaceful world, it begins with having a peaceful heart ourselves. So I take these, uh, these public television specials very, very seriously. Um, I've done this the eighth or ninth one I've done. We've, we've raised close to a quarter of a billion dollars for public television, just with these specials that I started in 1998. So it's, um, it's been a real, um, it's sort of my pro bono work, if you will, uh, a way of raising money for uh, for public television, which is an energy system that comes into our home 
that is commercial free and violence free and uh, and free of uh, the explosions and the and, and, and even the sassiness and so on that is so much a part of commercial and, and cable television. So um, it's it's a it's a very good cause as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, while I was swimming in this pool in Minnesota, uh, I kept looking up when I turned my head and on the written on the wall was if you want to accomplish something, you must first expect it of yourself. And I think that's going to be the theme of this uh, of this PBS show. I was just sort of rewritten the whole thing around that. And I don't think it was an accident that I was in that pool, that that was written on that wall, that it was there for me to see, because most people's expectations of them of for themselves are are based upon the, what their uh, subconscious mind has been trained to believe since they were little boys and little girls. And essentially, we've been trained to believe that that we are um, that we are ordinary and um, that uh, that miracles are not something that we can create. And that, you know, we are weak and uh, we are not as smart as, uh, as others. We're not attractive. We're not, uh, uh, we're not capable of, uh, of performing, uh, and, and living from a divine place. We're not capable of believing that we are God, that God is, is a part of our, of our being. It is our essence. Um, <clears throat> and so we have to somehow figure out a way to expect that of ourselves. And my whole message is, is all about not only, once you have an expectation, which is a mental process, then you convert that into an, an assumption wherein you actually live from that place. And then by living from that place, you begin to feel as if what it is you are now expecting of yourself is your reality. And then ultimately, um, you act on that new, re on that new internal assumption. So those are the things that have been on my mind. Um, but I don't know what time it is, Nancy. I mean, <laughs> I you really know. have been doing a lot of traveling. <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, Nancy is our events you, director I, I, here I at Hay you, House. I, just, I was just talking to Nancy 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So Nancy, Diane, it's all the She's same. She's everywhere. We're all one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, we're excited so about the, uh, the PBS special that's going to be great, taping right here in uh, Escondido for Wishes right. Fulfilled. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. And I'm a big fan of PBS. I worked uh, for PBS here in San Diego. It's, oh, did you? Yeah, I did. This is a great, KPBS? great organization. PBS Radio, not not TV. Oh, PBS Radio, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did Morning Edition. <laughs> is that right on the air? <laughs> yeah, I would say. Oh. Uh, well, in between, we would reconnect with NPR in Washington, and I'd say support for KPBS comes from listeners like you. Does that sound Isn't PBS like? It does. Yes. <laughs> From listeners I'm very like you <laughs> and the W.K. Kellogg Foundation or, you know, <laughs> I love or whatever it. foundation they would have. You me, could just uh, take over this radio day. show. What am I doing this? You, I don't need to, You know, you could do this. <laughs> no, they want to talk to you. That's why the phone lines are jamming here. We've got. Uh, are some, they? Yeah. Okay. Some interesting calls. We've got Germany. Checking well, maybe in. somebody can help me with my watch um, and figuring out maybe. how to get now, my I electromagnetic ask, field realigned. Is, is it a, a, a Rolex or? No, it's a Panerai. Oh wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's a it's a very very well known uh, watch, uh, uh, known for its accuracy. You know, and that's what's the intriguing part about it. It's the second one. The first one. And the jewelers uh, are I, stumped, huh? The jewelers are just totally stumped. The they first one was uh, was uh, the one that had a ten day power supply in it and all of that, and uh, and so I took that one back and exchanged it for another one, which was keeping perfect time up until. I went to see John of God again, and then, um, and I was in, when I walked by him, and he said to me, you are well, uh, and then he asked me to sit in what's called the current room, and I sat in that current room for, with my, with my, uh, 
you know, with a, my friend, my dear friend Mira Kelly, who is just someone that I've come to love, uh, you know, has been so supportive for, of uh, of my work and did a past life regression with me that I talk about in my uh, uh, in my new book. Um, we sat there for eleven hours, and in those eleven hours, um, uh, these entities were working uh, on me for that entire time, and I just walked out of there in a buzz. I was in a state of just bliss and have been ever since I returned from there. So, But did, did the time, time seem to be moving differently? Because you said, I mean, 11 hours, that's a long time to be. It was five hours one day and six hours another day of continuous uh, having entities in there working on just a select group of people. Uh, time, time didn't, it wasn't just time that changed. Everything did, and everything still does. Um, everything just looks different. The, the ocean looks different. The uh, I look at the uh, flowers out here because where I live on Maui here on Kanapali uh, Beach, there's lots of tropical flowers and so on. <clears throat> they almost seem uh, luminescent. Um, the trees look different. The birds look different. Just your uh, senses feel heightened, and yeah, everything just it really everything feels like it's in uh, like uh, a lo- like in. Uh, extra strong color you know the colors are just much more vibrant and uh, and i noticed something in my eyes every single morning when i awaken it was because when i had that spiritual surgery back in april um it, it looked as if my eye had been scraped when i came out and my eyes seem to be very very uh sensitive uh ever since this surgery so it's uh, it's an amazing time. Even now, I'm sitting here looking at the light against the wall and looking at the painting and, and looking at things, and they they seem. <clears throat> That's one thing I noticed is is that the brightness, the illumination of things, uh, it just seems clearer. And uh, and the other thing, uh, and I said I said this several times this weekend, uh, is that I don't feel as connected to this um, to this earth plane as I did before. Uh, the things that seem to be so significant, and important just don't seem to be very relevant anymore. Um, you know, who said what and who did what and, 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 and what the details are and where you're going. It's almost like that's all, I just sort of surrendered to all of that, just let all of that be handled. And um, I just, I feel closer to God. I feel, uh, I just don't, I, I walk lighter. Um, it's hard, these are hard things to explain in words. But uh, I'm, I'm not as attached to this world, uh, this physical world, as I as I was before. All of or this your stuff. physical these, body? Or, or my physical body and uh, and my possessions and um, and just things in general. It's just um, uh, I, I, I just I feel more uh, more of a, a dis, like a disembodied spirit almost, uh, almost like I can walk through physical things. They don't they just don't matter anymore, or as much. Right. Wow, that's a pro- profound experience. <laughs> Amazing. That's why I turned you into Nancy because I mean, I know. You, 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 you have you the power you, to do that. That exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing time. It's really an amazing time, and it is all. It's it's this, and, and, and there's just no coincidences. The people show up, the circumstances show up. This the event up there at Omega. Uh, the uh, you know the lectures that I've been giving. I just I'm so much more at peace, even out there on stage. It's a uh, and I think this PBS special is going to be a knockout uh, uh, because I really feel that it's going to be God really doing all of the work while I just uh, just observe just it. Just allow place. it to happen, like you, like you say, so many times. Right. And right. also in Pasadena, you'll be speaking there. So I'll be speaking in Pasadena, and Anita will be there in Pasadena, and Anita will be on my PBS show, The Woman 
Anita Morjani, who wrote Dying to Be Me. Right. Which uh, is uh, just a spectacular book. Well, we're looking forward to that, too. And, yeah. you know, you can still get tickets for Pasadena. Any California listeners out there uh, coming up this weekend. So you don't want to miss that if you can. Go to ICanDoIt.net. And you don't have to be in California. You can go there from anywhere. Uh, yeah, Pasadena's, it will be Pasadena's streamed. open. Yeah. It, it, but you can also come there. You know, it's like it's an entire weekend of I Can Do It. It's always fabulous. People come from all over the world for these things. Yeah, they're transformative. They really are. I've seen yeah. people just moved, you know, it just o- opens up your mind to a Friday lot, night's going to be spectacular because I'm, I'm speaking and uh, I've got two and a half hours book, but I expect it's going to take about three, three and a half hours. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful evening. Anita's going to be on there. My daughter Sky will be there singing. I'm bringing a, a young comedian, her name's Sarah Sweet. Uh, she's going to uh, perform out there uh, for the first time in front of an audience like that. It's just giving someone else a chance to uh, to uh, become exposed to, you know, and uh, and have the the kind of uh, reaction from a crowd. I mean, I just I loved when I met her, and uh, I told her I'd give her a chance, give her an opportunity. So. My life has often wow, been about that's taking great. people like this and helping them to uh, break in. And maybe Ellen will show up, and then she'll see this person, and she'll get a shot on the show. And <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Things happen, if, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Portia's going to be there. She told me that she when I talked to her last, Portia de Rossi. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, it's going yeah. it's going to be incredible. I'm going to try to get up there on Saturday. So we, yeah. we still have some time in this segment if you wanted to sure, grab a call. There's so I many do. great people are up here. So uh, this this one call, uh, I'm interested to see what he has to say. Uh, Michael, on line five, and I, I believe I know who this Michael is, calling from Pennsylvania. And is Hi. this uh, Michael with the website? It is, with the, the paintings, the, the writing. paintings. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm great, Diane. How are you? Very good. And, uh, Wayne, we had connected that's, that's uh, Nancy, with Michael. That's Nancy, by the way. Her- she has a new oh, name. That's Nancy. That's right. It can be Nancy. I'll be whoever you want. <laughs> <All right. laughs> whoever you want today. Um, but uh, Michael had called the show a couple of weeks ago before you uh, went out on the road, and we had just a, a great response. A couple of people had called or contacted me via email about what he was doing, and um, he wants to tell you about a book that uh, now a book that you've been inspired to write, Michael. Yes, uh, from my talk with Wayne. Uh, about a month ago, I guess, before he went on his uh, trip, I uh, one day I just got really inspired to... Uh, I always knew I was going to write a book, and people always told me to write a book, and it always felt like such a, such a big thing, like kind of out of my reach. But I knew that I had the ability and I could get in touch with God and let the writing come through. I just didn't know how to structure the book. And then... One morning while I was uh, doing my exercise from workout, it all just came to me, the whole the title, the structure, how I was going to format it, everything. And I quick uh, went home and uh, wrote the outline in about an hour, and I've been working on it ever since. And I believe it's all due to uh, what I've been going through. And it's about how, how you say how falls can propel you to greater and greater spiritual places. Right. And, uh, and well, tell the audience. Called, tell tell the audience what what prompted all of this. Uh, just a little bit about the, uh, you know, the circumstance. Well, I, if you remember, I had talked to you about, um, you know, having cerebral palsy, and right. being born three months premature, and how right. it was a 
a great uh, blessing in my life, and then I told you about my marriage and right. uh, a little bit of the struggles that I was feeling about it, and how I totally changed my mind around that, and how you said in your, to me, you said that uh, uh, love is what's left over when falling in love fades away. Right. And I believe that is a beautiful quote. And I had something come to me, though, that uh, I don't think falling in love really has to fade away if we live, if we're living in the moment, every moment, every moment, mm -hmm. is a new, every moment is a new moment. And uh, for me, I fall in love with my wife every moment that I'm with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just about uh, letting go and learning from our falls and knowing that we're that we're going to get up from them. And uh, I have 12 chapters are in the book, and I call them around, kind of like a boxing match, because it's, mm -hmm. it's called Roll With The Punches, because I am in a wheelchair. And, mm -hmm. uh, and each punch can either knock us down, or it can feel like a love tap. A punch doesn't have to be a bad thing or a good thing. And mm -hmm. I, talk about, I talk about 12 um, aspects of my life, and different things that happened, you know, my mom passing away from cancer and how, how it actually turned out to be a great blessing. And each one of the falls uh, turned into a great spiritual advancement for me. And there's going to be uh, a lesson that I learned from each, each fall. There's going to be a lesson and a teaching that I learned from, from each fall. So the chapter will start with a punch and end with getting up how to roll with the punches. So that's how the book's going to be set up. Well, good for you, Mike. And you've been working on it ever since? I have been, yeah. And it's just been slowing. Uh, I set aside time every day, as you do, to uh, for my writing early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just let the words come through, as I do with my writing, with my paintings. Uh, I want to make sure there's no confusion. My paintings aren't actually paintings. I just call them paintings because... The first painting I ever wrote said, uh, every day starts with a clean canvas for our divine creation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I called them paintings, but they're actually like essays or writings. And right. when I write is when I'm closest to God. And, and like you say, I think God writes all the words. and I'm just blessed to be the one putting them down on paper. Yeah, you're, you're the instrument like all of us. Uh, you know, yeah. But, uh... Well, that's so wonderful, Michael. Congratulations, my friend. And it, it really ties in with what I was speaking about earlier. If you want to accomplish something, um, you must first expect it of yourself. It's interesting that what changed for you is that your expectations for yourself. I mean, you, right. you even said you said that for most of your life you knew that you could write a book, but you just, you know, you were focused on all the reasons why you couldn't do it, all the all the difficulties, the obstacles, the, the, the troubles that you might have and so on. And uh, when you change that and just uh, began to, you know, change your expectations for yourself, then uh, then you align yourself with uh, with the, you know, with the with the with the right consciousness and and all of those ideas that you said came to you and the structure of the book and how it was going to go and all of that. Um, yeah. That's really just your higher self at work saying, okay, now you you now have new expectations of yourself. You're going to accomplish this, and you've changed that, and and once you change that. Then you make the assumption that you can do it, and now you're already seeing the thing as if it's already done, which is how I write my books completely. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I already see and it I, as completed. I do too, and a, a great blessing is. I don't know if you remember how I said how, you know, you asked me how everything was going, and I mentioned you know, um, things could be a little better. I was 
we were missing some affection and and passion and all that. And ever since I let that go, uh, it's all come back, as you said, it was going to. You know, yeah. I just let go, and all of it has come back, and I'm, I'm at a new level. I never thought I could reach this level of love that I feel uh, for everybody around me, but I'm at an yeah. even higher level now. So. How long do you think you'll be in that wheelchair? Oh, you know, like I said, this is the best, one of the greatest blessings of my life. So I never even, never even uh, thought about being out of it. You know, I, I think it gives me the perspective well, start, that I yeah. Start thinking about being out of it. That's my advice okay. to you today. Okay. Just okay. Just I can just start. Yeah, just start thinking about it. You know, just put okay. to, and, right. um, and 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 make that a visualization, not necessarily a goal. Just uh, begin to see yourself as. Uh, as free to move, free to move about as you do. We got to run. We're going to go off to a break here. Sure. But thanks, thanks for calling in, Michael. God bless you, my friend. Thank you.